I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, Kansas City. Welcome in. It is the Therese Kaler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. He is the man, the myth, the legend himself. Perez Baylor, one of the best NFL writers in the country. We always love hearing from you guys. 69306 is the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line. If you have any questions for Therese, we will get to those coming up here in just a little while. Therese, how you doing this evening, my friend? BK, I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped to be here, talk a little football. I know Chiefs fans are uh, invigorating. <laughs> Following a tough watch. That's the word you're going Dude, with. I'm huh? going to go with invigorated. <laughs> they're full of, they're full of uh, it and vinegar right now. I'm with it. And that's why I'm here. Like, that's why I am here. Chiefs fans are so passionate, and I've heard from you guys. I've written a column on yesterday's loss and what it means going forward, and I'm here over the next hour to talk about these things. So text us, right? We want to – I want to hear from you. I want to get – your opinion on what you guys are hearing and what you guys think about this team. Um, me and BK are ready to chop it up about what we saw and what we think is important going forward. All right, so your column is up right now. It is at Yahoo Sports. They can follow you on Twitter. They can find the link there as well, at Therese Paler. So that's the place to find it. Let's start with that, Therese, because I want to get to the run defense. That's going to be something that we get to here in a minute and certainly something that I know you covered in your column as well. You called this a medicine game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Explain that to the audience. The reason this is different than the December loss that portends the playoff failure is that it's coming early in the season, and it's a game that portends all the things you better fix right now to a Super Bowl contender that's real. This team is a real Super Bowl contender. You have the quarterback to do it. You have the coach to do it. This is a team that a lot of people are slotting as elite right there with the Patriots. So the medicine part of it, a comic I love once said, you can't mess with the truth because the truth is the truth. And that empowered him to say all kinds of stuff people didn't like because in his mind it was the truth. And at the end of the day, if that's the case, you stay vindic. You are eventually vindicated about that. And he used that as the point to tell people hard things they don't want to hear because it was the truth. And he called it, take your medicine. It's bitter going down, but it, in the long run, is better for you. That game was the medicine game for the Chiefs. There were three specific things we saw in that game that you guys have been covering pretty good on the, all day. Um, that, that if you don't fix and you don't take your medicine on this, you're going to have a hard time. It's going to cost you sooner rather than later. The, the first thing. The run defense. I don't need to elaborate on that. You can't get blown out of gaps. You can't get knocked over, you know, knocked down two gaps over. You can't fail to stack and shed. You can't miss tackles. You can't uh, fail to get penetration. Like, you can't do these things against good football teams, right? Because when, it gets, when, the, when the weather gets colder and the game looks more like it's 2009 instead of 2019, which is what happens every January, you're going to lose. So you better fix that part of it. The second part of it, the Chiefs need Tyreek Hill back. They just period. 
I, you guys have talked about this is true. The defensive coverages that we have seen the last few weeks are the type of coverages defenses would have never gotten away playing against these guys when they had it rolling at this time last year. Mm-hmm. This single coverage, the single high coverage, this man coverage. Are you kidding me? With Tyreek Hill, Mahomes can throw the ball 70 yards in the air, right, BK? Yeah. So, so you need Tyreek Hill back because he is your most consistent deep threat. He makes the side adjustments. He tracks the football. He is someone that always requires help. He he's opens where he up needs the to whole, be. Right. <laughs> exactly. He, he makes the side. He sees the whole field, right? So, like, you need him and you need him healthy, not just number 10 on the field. You need number 10 on the field doing number 10 things. And the last thing, and this is the thing that's the most grisly thing to watch, believe it or not, the pass protection, okay? Patrick Mahomes is playing on one ankle right now, and the kid is so tough. He is out there throwing on one foot, and he's better than a lot of quarterbacks on one foot. But the punishment he took yesterday is not okay. Is not okay. And some of that has to do with injuries. We need to recognize this. Injuries are hurting the Chiefs right now. Eric Fisher being out is a big deal. And losing Andrew Wiley, we saw what happened when that happened. Like, this is a big deal. So you have to protect him going forward as long as that ankle is gimpy. And if that means you got to run the ball out of two tight end sets and you might not get the yardage you typically would, then this offense doesn't resemble what we're used to, I would make that choice because – if you don't protect Patrick Mahomes and people start hunting that ankle, which I said was going to start happening in week one, that has a chance to ruin your whole season. So those are the three bitter spoonfuls of medicine the Chiefs need to take from that game. And please still read the story. But those are the three bitter spoonfuls of medicine Chiefs better take from this game. All right, so you've got the run defense, Chiefs needs Tyreek, and pass pro. We're going to touch on all of those things over the course of the next hour here on the Therese Paler Show. Like I said, he's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. We're going to be here with you up until 7 o'clock, and then you got Bink at night coming up after us. Let's start with the run defense. Let's go there right now, and then we will move forward from there. This was the third game in a row, Therese, that the Chiefs allowed at least 180 yards on the ground. They are the second team in the last five years. I didn't go back further than that. But at least over the last five years, there's only been one other team to do that three games in a row. It was the Arizona Cardinals last year, who are just an awful defense a year ago and ended up with the number one overall pick. Scheme has changed. Personnel has been flipped over. There was a quote last week from Justin Houston where he was like, yeah, I don't even know anybody on the defense anymore. They're all (laughs) new dudes over there. The mentality was alleged to have been changed over the offseason when they yeah. brought in guys like Tyron Matthew, Damian Wilson, and Frank Clark to bring more of the alpha mentality to the defense. I want to know from you, who watches as much film as anybody, who I'm talks ready. with these guys, yeah. how is it still this bad? How is the run defense still that bad? They are not physical enough, either on the front, both on the front line and with the linebackers. And, like, I watch a lot of tape of other teams. Go watch the 22 of Buffalo. Their linebackers see the play, they're gone. They see it, they attack downhill. You don't see the linebackers for the Chiefs act the same way. Either that's the player or they're not being coached to do it. I don't know. Good luck getting that answer. But I know it doesn't look the same as what I see in Buffalo. Now, there are some things you can do. You can start run blitzing a little bit. That leaves you open to some other things. You can stack the box. That leaves you some open to some other things. But what they cannot allow to have happen is have teams pound the ball down their throats. The gap discipline is consistently inconsistent. Um, the linebackers fail to stack and shed, 
fairly regularly. Like, sometimes they take bad angles, ducking under stuff. But if you duck under like Derek Johnson used to, you better make the play. You know, losing contain on the edge, either a linebacker or the end. It's all this stuff. All it takes is one guy to mess this. And look, some of it, BK, some of it is just getting bossed up at the line of scrimmage. Quentin Nelson, he might have had a cigarette after that game, okay? Like, some of it is just getting bossed up at the line of scrimmage. Um, so, in some instances, it's a talent deal. So, that's how. It's not good enough, man. So, here's my question to you because what I just heard is it's everything. It's, it's everything. It's the defensive ends, it's Stevens tackles, it's the yeah. linebackers, it's, it's always the scheme. A, it's, like, a it's a combination right? of all that. But here's the thing. If it was just, like, let's say it was just the linebackers, right? I could have a very obvious answer to this, which is, okay, well, then go get another linebacker. Yeah. The problem is with the run defense right now, it's everything. It's the scheme. It's the players. It's every different position. Mm-hmm. It's 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 everything. And so then it becomes, and you can tell me what you think about this, then it becomes a situation where it's almost hard to evaluate certain players. It's hard to evaluate how we fix this moving forward because if it's everything, on one play it could be, Alex Okafor on another play maybe it's Damian Wilson on another play maybe it's Anthony Hitchens and so whenever you have all of these things happening over the course of a game it almost becomes difficult to fix for the coaches for the evaluators in terms of Brett Veach figuring out what to do from here how do you think they go about this the best way like one of the easiest ways to fix it is that like you have a middle linebacker that just erases things like when Derek Johnson, remember like 2016 Derek Johnson, 2015 Derek Johnson, in his when he came back from that Achilles, he was the ultimate eraser. He ducked under blocks. He made so many plays. You know, you can have a middle linebacker that can erase stuff, and that helps, right? But some of it is some of these young defensive linemen getting bigger, getting stronger, right? Um, that comes with time. You know, you have to add more talent across this front. You know, I, I think a good question to ask ourselves is, okay, we think the Chiefs are a Super Bowl contender. What's the position that you try to prioritize? The problem is, like, I think they could use another defensive tackle. I think that they could use second-level linebacker help. I think a stud corner who could wipe out a receiver would actually really help because then that could really free you up to add in a safety to the box regularly because that guy would be on an island most of the time. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. And I will tell you this. I'm not, like, saying all this to say it's the end of the world. It's a 4-1 team. I want to make that clear, right? But I've been consistent through the first five weeks of this show, and you have too. This is the theme of the Therese Paler show this year is we're talking about January. We want to see what it's going to look like. And now we've got five games as our belt. We can kind of figure out, like, some issues. They better shore up. So all these things, are, are all those are areas that we want to see them kind of kind of fix or and attack. And the problem is, you know, I don't know who you – if you're getting a Snacks Harrison type for a fifth-round pick, that would sure look good right now, right? But I think the more this season goes on, the more you can't help but wonder or worry a little bit is if they need, like, another offseason to fortify this defense, like one more. And I, if you're a Chiefs fan, you hope that's not the case. But uh, the longer this thing goes on and they can't stop the run and guys are expressing this kind of frustration about it openly to us – the more you start to wonder, like, okay, they're frustrated about it too. Like, they better fix it, like, now.
He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. Therese is with it tonight. He's ready to go. So I want to get some of your texts as well. 69306 is the Protein LC with the Purpose text line. You guys have a lot of questions. Therese has some of the answers. We will get to those coming up later on this evening. We are with you guys until 7 o'clock. Coming up next, the big question that I had coming off of that game last night is, can that formula we saw from the Colts work against the Chiefs when they have the majority of their talent on the roster? We'll get to that coming up. He is the Therese Paler. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. He is Therese Paler. We have a lot to get to tonight, and I'm very excited to have Therese to be able to do so. 69306 is the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line. If you guys have any questions for Therese, we will get to those coming up towards the end of the hour. All right, so going to break, I asked you the question, Therese. Can this formula, the one that we saw yesterday against the Colts the one that they use where they run the hell out of the ball they play good defense they use the man coverage can this formula that we've seen the last two weeks that the Colts actually were able to win with can that be used when the Chiefs are actually healthy can that be used when Tyree kills out there Sammy Watkins is out there and the defense has some of their dudes is this a formula that can be replicated down the road not exactly some of it can the the key to beating the Chiefs will always be keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. So the running the football part is real. Like teams are going to consistently line up and gap block you and zone block you and force you to be gap sound and play physical. They're going to make your linebackers make plays against their running game consistently because they think chances are you can't tackle them, right? So that's always going to be a part of it. But this man defense here, this single high coverage, I mean, if, if if it's Tyreek healthy, you're asking for it. You can't run that. You, you got to run some zone stuff. You got to you gotta mix it up. You got to, you know, the looks they've been given, teams wouldn't have done this in a million years last year when they had Kareem, when they had Tyreek, when they had Sammy, when they had all these guys rolling. Like, teams would not have done this, like, and leaned on it this way in a million years. The Lions game, I went back, I watched the 22 of that. And I'm going to watch the 22 of this game Tonight, you know, whenever this comes out, I'm going to watch it. Join me on Snapchat, right? Therese underscore Paler. It's going to be a great, long session because you guys say, need it. I don't know if great's going to be the word. No, that it's, no it's going to be great. It's going to be epic. Because um, it's going to be, be cathartic. Be it's gonna, yeah, you got it. It's going to be cathartic. Um, you know, it, here's the thing. You look at some of the issues they've been You look at the defensive covers the Lions were playing. I mean – a deep safety in the middle of the field, like 20 yards back with, like, press man coverage? If Tyreek Hill is out there, are you kidding? Like, okay, go ball. Good luck. No one's running with Ty. You can't run that against them when they have it. So part of the answer to your question is partly, like, you're going to run the ball on them, but the defensive part of the equation absolutely changes. Okay. So one thing that I wanted to get to from yesterday's game was Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Because I thought the difference between last night and what we saw against the Lions, it was twofold. One was there wasn't a fumble that was recovered for 100 yards that ended up for a touchdown and basically changed the course of the game. That didn't happen last night. It did against the Lions. That's the difference. Also, when the Chiefs needed a play against the Lions, they went to Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Third and eight, go to Travis Kelsey. He's going to be your pacifier. He's going to be the guy that when you need a play, he's going to go make it for you. Last night, 
on a lot of those situations, they still went to Travis Kelsey, but he had four drops in the game. Yeah. And then on the sideline, he gets into a sho- shoving match with his offensive coordinator. What happened last night with Travis Kelsey, in your opinion? I think the frustration of a horrendous performance basically got to him. Um, not excusing that, right? Um, but, I, I look, I, I've covered Travis for a long time. I know that he, he cares deeply about winning. He cares about playing well. Um, and I'm sure he was embarrassed by the drops. Like, his team needed him. He didn't play well, and it was a bad performance. He'd be the first one to tell you that. Um, so they need him now more than ever. With Tyreek Hill out of the field, all, all, you know, off the field and him out of the mix right now, Sammy Watkins was – he's the number one guy defenses are focusing on. Sammy Watkins got hurt in two plays. So everyone else is like, okay – and obviously, this is no disrespect to Byron Pringle. I think he's done a nice job stepping. No one's expecting, you know? Great last right? night. But like, who Byron Pringle is, that was a great game. Defenses are going to expect, they're going to say, okay, Byron Pringle, go beat us. Okay, Demarcus Robinson, go beat us. But the Pro Bowl, All-Pro tight end, you're getting attention in one way or another. I'm looking forward to seeing the 22 to see, like, what they did and how they covered him and to get a better sense of his entire all-around game. But... When the tight end is having an off day and he's your best target and Tyreek Hill is hurt and Sammy Watkins is hurt and Eric Fisher is hurt and your left guard gets hurt and (laughs) you can't really create much push up front and your quarterback is throwing off one leg, it's kind of hard to move the football. The Chiefs beat themselves last night in a lot of ways. And this is the kind of game where you put that tape up and you can really rip guys. Because you didn't play up to your standard. You're an elite football team, and you can really learn and get better from this. If they do not play better on Sunday, I'm going to have some real concerns. Okay. So the next thing that I wanted to get to with you, Therese, is something that happened in the fourth quarter when the Chiefs needed a big play. The Chiefs had a situation where it was second and 30. Second and 30. And they were down, and they needed a play. It was time to make a play from somebody. They called a run to get it to third and 28. Now, the Chiefs damn near picked it up because Patrick Mahomes is a superhero and Byron Pringle made a play. Ended up being fourth and one because Pringle didn't quite take the right route. And whatever. It is what it is. They have fourth and one, fourth and one situation. And they line up in 22 personnel, which is two tight ends and two running backs and run the ball exactly where everybody in the stadium knew they were going to run it when they haven't gotten a push up front the entire day. So second and 30, need a play, decide to run when you haven't been able to run all day. Fourth and one, need a play, decide to run it up the gut where everybody knows it's going when you haven't been able to run all day. I love Andy Reid. I think he's the second best coach in the NFL. That part was on Andy as well. Scrutiny is okay. I will give you my opinion of those. I'm less annoyed about the second and 30, actually, than the latter one. Here's why. It's second and 30. You get two yards running the ball. They expecting a pass, and you get two yards. You should be able to run the ball on second and 30, at least get a chunk game, 10 yards or something, set you up for something, okay? Like, that should have been the moment that told you that the fourth and one that came later, if you're going to run the ball, and I'm not going to lie, I'm old school. I might have ran it too, but I probably would have called a sneak. Like, I, I just... 
you can't trust kind of what you've got. The sneak is the most underutilized short distance playing football. It almost it works often. You have to lean, you should lean on it, even if Patrick's hurt. If you can't, you got to get someone else to do. It. But that was the safe play. Um, but look, at the end of the day, BK, the plays didn't work. Yeah, scrutiny is okay. I don't you know I don't really. It's okay. Like, but, but the fourth and one. It, it was kind of a long setup. The running back was seven yards in the backfield. It's just, uh, you know, it, far be it from us to – Andy Reid has forgotten more about offense than we but than we know. But the plays didn't work, so scrutiny is okay. And I guarantee you, BK, players are like, oh, what's, what's, <laughs> what, what is going on here? So typically I will say this. Typically when we have moments like this with the Chiefs, Almost always, Andy responds with a pretty like well called game, no doubt. And I, I again, this is a micro versus yeah. the macro, yeah, right? No, it, the micro criticism is in that spot. Andy Reid's known for his, I'm not going to run the football. I forgot about the run. Oh wait, by the end of the game, my running backs had eight carries. Whoops, my bad. I I put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. And in this particular scenario, it was the opposite. Yeah. And the, even worse yet for me. And I know Therese, you're not necessarily of this mind, but. In that situation, if you're going to run the football, spread it out, man. Quit, yeah. quit coming up to the line with yeah. nine dudes in the box where your line's been getting its butt beat all day long, and they've got mm. every single one of them right in front of them, somebody that's going to be coming straight forward because they know exactly what's coming, <laughs> and linebackers that are filling right behind them. <laughs> spread it out. Give your offensive line a chance and do something that maybe could have gotten you the first down there. That was my biggest criticism of it. You could run it if you want to, but you better pull an Oregon type of a run there where you're See, getting the splits out and you're you're spreading out the defense. And that's where I actually hate uh, when you do that, and then it's like, so that's shotgun, right? Sure, you're going to yeah. go shotgun. Like, the defense know you still probably run the ball. So, like, I feel like they would shot gaps and run blitz you. And then, then we would have been like, oh, my God, <laughs> like it's the same deal. Like, I, I think the issue is that – it was a pretty unimaginative play call, and the execution was atrocious up yep. front. Yeah, I think it's a bad could, combination, Tress. Not what you're looking for. <laughs> we could like totally see like the execution. Like you can see the guys react on the play who blew it. Blew it. They're like, oh no, you know, probably got to block some guys better. You know, like <laughs> or just it's not block. Yeah, <laughs> just just <laughs> some guys. You could have yeah, ended it there. Yeah, it's not just that, BK. It's not just that. The play is everybody. The blocking was bad. The plays were uninspired. It didn't work. Get back to the drawing board. Let's see a more inspired performance this weekend against the Texas. All right. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kiley. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up next, we haven't really got to the third piece of medicine that the Chiefs are supposed to take from this game. The pass protection. It's got to get better. Some of that is health. Some of it is these dudes just got to do a better job. We'll get into right. that coming up. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. We've got Therese Paler, one of the best NFL writers in the country, in with me. If you missed his column earlier today, you should check it out. Yahoo Sports is the place you find it. You can go follow him on Twitter as well, at Therese Paler, and you can read. He's got the link there as well for you, so you can go straight to it. One of the things that he mentioned, and it is, you got to take your medicine. This was a medicine game for the Kansas City Chiefs, and yep. Therese said there were three types of medicine specifically that they need to take. The run defense, yep. they still need Tyreek Hill, and the third thing, and we haven't really gotten into this yet, Therese, and this is what I wanted to get to here, 
is the pass protection. Yep. But pass protection was atrocious this week. It was <laughs> terrible. Mahomes was getting hit left and right. It can't happen like that. Now, you're without your left tackle. You were without your left guard for a lot of the game. But I'm curious, what do you do to get this better? Because it's not just – this has been an issue all year. It wasn't just in this game. Yeah, you got that right. And Mahomes is clearly – you know, he's John Wick limping in, John, in the John Wick film. He's been hit in the leg, and he's limping. He's still shooting people in the head, but he's, he's a hurt guy. And, like, I'm seeing this jewel get hit too much. So that's a, that's a team thing that you have to address because this is the number one concern right now for the Kansas City Chiefs, aside from the run defense. And on, a, on a big scale, it's the number one concern. Here is the problem when people can touch Patrick Mahomes. They know where he's hurt. They can hunt it, okay? Like they can actively seek to bull rush linemen into him, which is one of the reasons he hurt his ankle again. When he gets on piles, they can pull at it. When they look seek to hit him, they can make sure they land hard on his legs. So he can't get hit. Part of that has to do with the offensive linemen. You guys have to do whatever it takes to protect them. Some of that also has to do with the play calling. Against the Tennessee, I'm sorry, against the Houston Texans this week, I think they need to bring out the Oakland Raiders playbook, the the, the offensive playbook they used against the Raiders like three years ago in Oakland in that muddy game in the white uniforms where it was just two tight ends the whole game. And they were running the ball, and they were play-actioning with motions and stuff. Like, at this point, I can't see another game like where, where Patrick Mahomes is getting hit like that. And here's the problem. Like, I know they're not going to be able to run the ball the same way because they're so beat up up front, they're not going to get the same push. But what do I keep saying? I don't care about right now. I care about making sure that dude's ankle is okay and that it doesn't just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And he's such a competitor and a tough kid. He's going to keep playing, BK. So my point is, to wrap it up, I would like to see them kind of use more two tight ends, start giving these tackles some help, and, like, get the ball out quick. Like, like, let's go back to more of the Alex Smith stuff until this ankle is back and right. So one concern that I would have in doing so, Therese, just kind of play the other side, devil's advocate. The running game stinks right now. Now, LaShawn McCoy, I really like. And I think for when he's been used, he's been pretty good so far this year. The problem, especially last night, he wasn't used. And Mm -hmm. I heard earlier today Andy Reid's press conference, and he was talking about how they've got some things to work out with LaShawn McCoy. (laughs) And the things, it appeared, based on some of the context clues in his statement, was, yeah, he doesn't really know the pass protection stuff yet. And if that's the case with LaShawn McCoy, he just can't be out there next to Patrick Mahomes right now, and he's your best running back, and so you're basically tipping your hand the way that other teams do. Like, let's say Jordan Howard, for instance, with the Eagles. They're going to run the football when Jordan Howard's in the game. They might pass the football when uh, Darren Mm -hmm. Sproles is in the game. Mm -hmm. You know you're tipping your hand, and the defense can play uh, and adjust accordingly when you have that. I say all of that to say this. Mm Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs don't have a running game right now, and they don't appear to whenever Damian Williams is in the game, how do you go to that sort of a game plan when you don't have the thing that you would need to do it? See, here's the thing, though. When you know you got to run the football, and like that's the way you got to win, most offensive linemen really enjoy running the ball. Like They really do. They can find something there. And if you start out numbering guys with tight ends and fullbacks, and like you kind of commit to it, 
when the offensive line knows going into the week, hey, this is going to be our kind of game, they typically can reach in there and they, they can get you three yards of carry. And that's all I'm asking for here. I'm trying to say, okay, you're not going to be able to tee off on our quarterback. We're not playing for, you know, October 13th. We're playing for December 13th, January 13th. I, I'm saying that to say I want to eliminate some of the hits on the quarterback. I'm trying to empower these guys up front, and I'm trying to make some of this coverage and stuff that you're seeing, like uh, and some of the blitzes that teams are are bringing, I'm trying to see that stuff kind of dial back a little bit because you don't see these guys fly upfield the same way when they think they could get hit on the mouth on a running play. So this is about BK. This is about the long term here and also trying to empower these guys up front right now. They do, for what it's worth, only play two games in the next 20 days. That that that, that can help. Like, you, you've got... You've got some rest there. It, it, it's a quick turnaround between the Texans and the Broncos. The but Broncos then you've got game a is terrifying of, for that reason, though, BK. Yeah. Like, they're beat up right now. That Sunday to Thursday game, players hate that game. Like, that evens the playing field a little bit. And in it's that on game. the road. And it's Denver. on the road. And it's a night game. Denver's going to be ready to play. They don't like the Chiefs. And they just right? got their first win. They're, and, they're, they're feeling a little better. And, and by the way, a lot of those same guys, like, they respect Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes – has depends them on television multiple times. They know he's hobbled. They're going to be hunting him. So another thing I want to bring up, don't just look at the next 20 days. Look at the three weeks after that. Yeah. You know, Packers, Vikings, Titans. What do those three teams have in common? Some damn good pass rushers. What else do they have in common? They can running. They want to run the the ball. ball. (laughs) They are, they are committed to run the ball in a way that teams were 20 years ago. So like, I'm thinking more of, you know, I'm trying to take, like, a long view here. I, I don't want to see a more banged-up Patrick against the Packers. That game is going to be ugly. I've spent a lot of – that game will be ugly if he's more banged up. I've spent a lot of time watching the Packers this year. They're edge rushers. I'm telling you. Like, you don't want that. You don't. That team's really good. The, the, the Packers are – Go you, to my Snapchat, can... by the way. I did a breakdown of that game. It's, it's quick. But there's stuff. Like, again, Therese underscore Paler. Look at it. The Packers are good. They're really good. They've got a really good running game. They've got Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, which is pretty good. And their defense is awesome. Like yes. it's, it's one of the three or four yes. best in the league probably this year. So here's my one concern, Trez. Okay. Let's say you go to that strategy this week. And it, let's say it potentially loses you the game, which is very much in play. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. It, it's very possible that next mm-hmm. weekend against the Texans, the Chiefs lose. It's very possible. That offense is very explosive. And if you're playing a game plan that is less explosive, you run the risk of potentially losing. Then you have a very quick turnaround on the road at Denver on Thursday night football. Now you're looking at the Packers, Vikings, and Titans with the Titans game being on the road. If you lose one of these next two, you're kind of staring down the barrel when it comes to the home field or the bye week in the playoffs. Like as much as I've talked about how January is all that matters, the schedule does start to matter Mm. eventually when it comes to the losses that could pile up. Here's the thing though. If you can make it to January with your quarterback able to do what he typically does, there's not a place in America outside the place where the phones don't work where I'm really that worried about the Chiefs winning. They can win anywhere in any round um, leading up to the AFC Championship game. Um, now, now, look, I'm not advocating. They clearly want home field advantage. Of course. You don't want to go to the place where the phones don't work for the AFC Championship game. I got it. 100%. But 
I'm also trying to I'm also trying to say this. Like we know New England's gonna lose some games. It happens every year. You know, Chiefs only have one loss right now. They're still the best team in this division by a country mile. You know, I'm I'm not I wanna see them compete against that three game stretch that we're that's 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 coming. Because like you said, there's that there's what what two games in twenty days? Mm-hmm. They're gonna get a nice break here between the Broncos and the Packers, which should allow them to like rest up. But I'm very concerned right now about the state this team is at physically for this two-game in five-day stretch, which is brutal, and I hate it. Like, that's brutal. So, I listen, I get it. But I would also argue to you, too, they're in danger of losing the Texans game anyway and much more if Patrick Mahomes continues to take punishment. I want to ask you about this Texans game. We'll get into that coming up next. Deshaun Watson just put together one of the best performances of his career, and he's got an offensive skill set around him that is about as good as any in the league when it comes to Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, and they're actually running the ball pretty well right now too. So we'll get a little quick preview of the Chiefs versus the Texans. We'll do that on the other side, go around the NFL, and we want to get your text messages. Any questions you may have for Therese, get them in now. 69306 is the Protein House. Eat with a purpose. Text line. We wrap this thing up on the Therese Paler Show next on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. We're finishing things up. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Happy to have you guys along with us tonight. We'll take you until 7 o'clock. The Protein LC with the Purpose X line is 69306. Get your questions in. We'll get to those coming up here in just about 10 minutes to finish things out with Therese. All right, before we go, go around the NFL, Therese, I did want to ask you quickly about this next matchup between Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is hobbled. But this is about as good as it gets when it comes to yeah. young quarterbacks in the league matching up against one another. Yeah. What are people about to see at Arrowhead Stadium this you, weekend? You're about to extend my John Wick reference because I love it. You're about to get Wick versus Cassius in John Wick 2. That's what you got. Um, please know that Deshaun Watson, he's the real deal. This guy's like a really good quarterback. He's going to have a monster season. Um, he's got some weapons, too. Uh, I think this is a statement game for Bill O'Brien. I think he's gonna come in ready to stick it to Andy Reid. I think he. I think he. I think. Here's the deal: if the Texans can win this game, that's gonna do a lot to validate not just his program, but what else? The Tunsil trade, the Clowney trade, everything those guys got ripped for. This is a huge game for them. You will get their best play calling. You will get their best game. And there's also this. There's AFC implications in this thing, too, as you mentioned. So um, you're going to get their best game. Please know that. Will Fuller is going to be a handful on deep routes. You know, it's going to be difficult to defend the <laughs> New Hopkins. That's going to be difficult. And, and Watson's going to play out of his mind. So you're going to need to call a good game offensively. This is another game where we're going to learn a lot about the Texans. But specifically, we're going to learn a lot about the Chiefs, not just in how they play, but how they scheme. Because to me, that's going to tell me what they think of this current team and where their issues are. I want to know, after I watch the 22 of Sunday's game, I can't wait to watch the 22 of his next game and see what changed. Let's go around the NFL with Therese Paler to finish things out here on the Therese Paler Show. All right, we've talked a lot about the Colts-Chiefs game from the Chiefs' perspective. Let's talk a little bit from the Colts' perspective. 
Because that was an impressive performance by them. They dominated both sides of the line of scrimmage. I know your boy, Quentin Nelson, had an unbelievable game. This team still look like they could potentially be in playoff contention to you? Here's the thing that I was most impressed with. Frank Reich learned from his mistake. What they should have did in January was come in here and run the ball like that. Instead, they started throwing the ball around early. They got down, and they never could get back into it. He made the adjustment. They said, you know what? We're going to come in here. This is 1997 Big Ten football. Have fun. We're running the football. And that's what they did. Um, to me, the Colts look like a well-coached team. They have one of the best schemes in football with Frank Reich, one of the best offensive coaches in football. Jagobi Brissett is more than functional. He is a solid quarterback. He can, he can operate what Frank Reich wants to do. And defensively, I think Matt Eberflus is underrated. He, he did a – it was a big deal for him to come away from the Tampa 2 that he's so comfortable running. He adjusted by running this man stuff. That's not really what they do, but they did that to win the game. Indianapolis is going to be a problem for any team that doesn't take them seriously. It's a good football team. Eberflus, by the way, without his starting safeties, without his middle line, Without Darius Leonard, who is outstanding. Like- that's yes. it. That was an impressive it's a performance well-coached by them. team. It's a well-coached team. From top to bottom. Another team that surprised me this weekend. Did not see this one coming. The <laughs> Oakland Raiders went to London and beat the hell out of the Bears. They used the Colts formula, but against the Bears, I don't understand. I, running on the Chiefs defense, Therese, not surprising. Running the way the Raiders did against on the, the Bears, Bears yeah. very surprising. And now all of a sudden the Raiders are 3-2 and two on the season. Did we write them off too early? I, I think we may have a little bit. We I, I talked about this on my Yahoo Sports NFL podcast, which I host with Charles Robinson. Um, this was the first time I felt like after the game, we've, we saw John Gruden talking a little trash after the game. This was the first time Charles and I have seen Gruden kind of be old Gruden since he's been back in the NFL. Um and I think he's kind of getting his mojo back a little bit. Um, for Khalil Mack to not have a sack and just have three tackles, yo, it's okay. Kudos to the Raiders, man. Like, good job for John Gruden. It was hard to imagine that they'd be able to bounce back from the Antonio Brown debacle and whatever respect I thought he might have lost from his team. But turns out he hasn't. That team's going to be competitive all year. They were a lot better than I expected yeah. yesterday. One team that surprised me in the opposite direction was the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. They they play the Pittsburgh Steelers those games are always close but the Steelers where they have Mason Rudolph for half and then Mason Rudolph gets knocked out of the game and the Ravens had to go to overtime to be able to win that game they won it they ultimately pulled it out I think I might have gotten a little too high too early on the Baltimore Ravens though that looks like a good team it's certainly not a team necessarily that I would say is the clear-cut number three team in the AFC though I wouldn't I wouldn't beat yourself up about that I mean I think we 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 go we form opinions based on what we know. And to be fair, that was a pretty big make-or-break game for the Steelers. Sure. A team that hadn't, like, given up on their season uh, and has and didn't even hedge their bets because they traded around their first-round pick. So um, I, think you, I think Lamar's got to continue to get better. But the Ravens are doing what they're supposed to do. That, that team's going to make the playoffs. Uh, and they're going to be a tough out for somebody because – Lamar's ability to create is something you're going to fear, even if he might turn the ball over. You're you're worried about the games he has where he doesn't turn it over. That's a hard team to beat when he doesn't. Early in the season, Lamar Jackson was involved in the MVP candidacy. 
Now, Christian McCaffrey is making his way there. 19 carries, 176 yards, two touchdowns, added through the air, six receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown this week. Therese, right now, is Christian McCaffrey the best non-quarterback in the league? Yes. Um, he, he's McCaffrey's like right in that tier, man. Um, as an all-around playmaker, he's been huge for the Panthers. That was a team a lot of people buried, okay? They were 0-2. They lost Cam Newton. And they rallied with Kyle Allen, man. They have. And McCaffrey's been a big part of that. And the key thing is the teams know that McCaffrey's getting the ball and he's still ripping them up. He's a special player. His ability to make people miss, his ability to win, both taking handoffs and in the passing game, blocking. He's a special player. He will get his money in due time. Last one for you. What was the most interesting thing you saw this weekend in the NFL? Not Chiefs related. What was your most interesting thing you saw? That Packers-Dallas game taught me a lot about what the Packers are going to end up being. Um, It confirmed my thoughts about their defense. And I think Green Bay is, like, settling into a run game here that's going to make them really dangerous because Aaron Rodgers is still their quarterback. I think I watched the way Aaron Jones ran with such passion, and I watched the way that they blocked up front and got after the Cowboys up front. Hey man, you better you better wear your hard hat when you're facing the Packers in a few weeks because that that's going to be a game. He won me some money yesterday, did he? Aaron Jones. Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones won me a little money. I, I have him in a fantasy league too, man. Aaron Jones was balling out. I that played, was his house. He was amazing yesterday. Yeah. He was very good. I felt really bad about myself for not playing Will Fuller, and then I felt oh. really good all of a sudden about the fact that I had Aaron Jones in my lineup. So you on Yahoo? Uh, I played daily fantasy, so oh. it was a little, a little cold, hard cash. Yesterday. How many points did Will Fuller have in daily fantasy? 50, ah! 50. I lost cause of Will Fuller. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, that guy had a day. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. I would prefer that he not do that again next week, unless I'm on him, in which case, by all means, <laughs> please do it. All right. Let's get to your text messages. The protein house heat with a purpose text line is six, nine, three, zero, six. We got a ton of questions from you guys for Therese today. So I appreciate you guys sending them in. We'll get to some of the best ones here. All right, Therese, let's start with this one. Yep. Bigger need for the Chiefs right now, mm-hmm. a cornerback or somebody that can solve some of the run defense issues? Okay, so I'm going to answer this in two ways, just to be clear. Okay. I, I think over the, I think in the long run, like over the course of the season, having a stud corner would allow you to take some more chances with blitzes, would allow you to stack the box a little more. So it's basically killing two birds with one stone. Um but but at the moment, like right now, I'm gonna I'm answering this just to like let you know my my biggest concern, which is always the quarterback in my homes. It's this protection, like I like just a rock solid like left tackle option. Even if it was just Cam Irving playing better, would do like a lot to like make me feel better about where this team is headed. So um, you know I, I'm concerned about the protection because I just who wants to see one of the most fun football players we've seen since. Maybe the most fun football player we've seen since Brett Favre play hurt. Like, nobody wants to see this. Protect him. Um, and it would also be great if they got, like, a Damon Harrison type. But, you know, one thing about that, Harrison's, like, going for, like, a fifth-round pick, even though a bigger reason was because he made so much. Sure. That does kind of – you might be able to do something. So let's just see. Maybe you could make multiple. If, they, if that's yeah. the going price for yeah. it, like, you could potentially even do a couple of moves like that. Yep. 
Protein, I'll see you with the Purpose Sex Line 69306. Therese, it's scary to me how much the Chiefs miss uh, Kareem Hunt right now. We were sold a bill of goods Ooh. when it came to the running game. It yeah. is not okay right now. The thing that made the Chiefs offense so special at this time last year, because I always talk about how, like, any NFL defense can take away one guy. Good ones can take away two. Great ones can take away, like, two and a half. But... When the Chiefs had Sammy, TK, Tyreek Hill, and Kareem Hunt, you had like four premium options and one and a half of them. And most of the time, two of them was always going to get single covers. They were always going to eat. Kareem Hunt's ability to make men miss in the open field is special. It's a real, it's Emmett Smith-like. It is. Like, it. that's not replaceable. It's not that easy to find. Um, that has hurt this team, like not having it, okay? Like, I like Damian Williams. I think he's a solid, tough guy back. He blocks. He catches. I love the guy. I, I really do. And I think the world of him. And I, I don't feel like running backs are the problem. But was it easier when you had all those premium options? Yes, it was. And that that's just true. In 30 seconds, Therese, what's up with Frank Clark? Um, Frank Clark's someone who loves the game of football, and the production hasn't been where it's needs to be he i think he's told us that so the only thing that would make me think is is that he's probably playing through something and he's my experience covering this league whenever players aren't fully producing the way they typically do there's typically some reason why whether it's injury or scheme there's something going on um but if there's something he can do about it i fully expect him to try He's Trez Paler, one of the best NFL writers in the country. Read his work. Yahoo Sports is where you find it. Get the link from his Twitter page, at, twi- at Therese Paler. He wrote about the Chiefs today, a fantastic yes. column about how they've got to take their medicine. So find that on Twitter, at Therese Paler. I'm at BK Sports Talk for Therese Paler and Dusty Likens. I'm Brandon Kiley. We'll be back next week, the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law